and give the Lord a hand clap. Let's give him an ovation. Hallelujah. He's the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, welcome to a morning with the Pentecostals. Does it feel good in the house today? Is there any faith-filled people in the house today? Is there any Holy Ghost-filled people in the house? Praise God. Oh, I like this atmosphere. Praise the Lord. I enjoy, you may be seated, I enjoy preaching here. The atmosphere is always conducive to Holy Ghost power-packed revival services. Praise the Lord. And the reason for that is you have learned how to praise and worship the Lord. Amen. So it's great to be at Austin First Church. And uh, it's good to be with your bishop and Sister Stevens. Uh, I didn't know at the time that things would happen the way they happened. Brother Green scheduled me about two or three weeks ago and to be here and and I tell you, I just want Brother and Sister Stevens to know and all the family that we love them. Our hearts and our prayers are with them. Amen. That's right. Praise the Lord. And uh, I told him yesterday, I said, I've never been in your shoes. I've never have lost a child. We have never lost a child. And I cannot even hardly imagine how it feels. And he said, Brother Stanley, no words can describe how it feels. Amen. But we know that God is with them. Praise Lord. And his strength abides with them. And God has given them that strength and that peace. Praise the Lord. And, of course, it's always good to be with your pastor and his beautiful wife and children and uh of course, needless to say, these people have a special place in our hearts. Amen. And he served his apprenticeship under my ministry. I got him right out of Bible college. He was green. Amen. And he still agreed. Praise the Lord. But uh, they came and assisted us there at Dallas New Life, and uh, they were with us 10 years in great 10 years, and I've adopted him as my son in the gospel. That's right. He didn't get the Holy Ghost under my ministry, but I adopted him as my son in the gospel. As Paul was to Timothy, I am to him. Amen. And uh, we saw him grow there, and ministry grew and flourished and, and matured in the Holy Ghost, and and uh, I think we've done a pretty good job on them. Do y'all think that? Amen. How many believes we've done a good job on them? That's right. Thank the Lord. And we love them so much. What an incredible pastor you have and his wife. Thank God. And you love the greens. Praise the Lord. That's right. And uh, they're, they're awesome. And we're just thankful for the privilege we have had to be with them in the first 10 years of their ministry. Amen. And uh, so it's just good. 
Good to have my wife with me. This is my wife of 56 years, and uh, it's always an honor and privilege to have her. <clears throat> That's right, and, uh, and we, of course, have been traveling a little and trying to get out, preach a little since my retiring from pastoring. <clears throat> my dad said, you never retire from preaching. I guess not. He preached to us right at 95 years old. And uh, he said, the only time I'm going to retire if the devil retires. If, he said, if Lucifer retires, I'll retire. <clears throat> but uh, but uh, I don't see any retirement in that. Amen. But uh, it's just a great privilege to be here. And uh, I've I got to take my, is it all right to take my coat off? The old school, I take my coat off. My son's of the younger generation. He leaves his own. And I said, if you leave yours own preaching and go to heaven, I can take mine off. As long as I don't take my shirt off, we'll be all right. <laughs> Amen. That's right. Thank the Lord. And, uh, of course, I probably told you this before, but I always wear suspenders. been wearing them for years. Had a little young man ask me one time where I was preaching. He said, why do you wear your belt on your shoulders? I said, it's my safety belt. That's right. I get to jumping around. I want a safety belt on. Thank the Lord. And especially as slender as I am. But uh, I, think, I think God's going to do some great mighty things here. I believe he's going to do some great mighty things. Amen. Jesus is in this house. The deliverer is here. The Holy Ghost baptizer is here. <clears throat> the healer is in this house. What are you saying, preacher? Everything you need, God has it for you in this house today. He is the supplier of every need. And he's moving down these aisles. He's between these pews today. I feel him in this place. So if you come here today with a need from the Lord, make up in your mind, I'm not walking out here until God meets me at the point of my need. I'm not leaving this place the way I came in here. Amen. Because the miracle worker, if you need a miracle today, make up your mind, I'm going to receive my miracle today. Can you shout amen? Praise God. Let's stand together one more time and honor the reading of the word. If you would stand with us, the founder of the book of St. John chapter 12, a familiar passage of scripture. We probably heard it quoted many times, but I have a thought that I want to bring to your attention today for your consideration. St. John chapter 12, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 32. Two passages of Scripture, verse 32 and 33. And Jesus said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. Of course, 33 lets us know that he was uh, talking in verse 32 about being lifted up upon the cross. Amen. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. I want to just talk to you for the next few minutes on this thought, things that draw people to God. 
things that draw people to God. I believe the purpose and the mission of this church is to reach everyone with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe your desire is to grow. Amen. This, this is a beautiful congregation, but there are yet souls out there that God's going to bring to this church. He's going he's to fill this building to the point that you're going to have to enlarge the building or do something. Amen. And I want to say right now about your bishop. This that you have here today is not by accident. But it's because of a man and his wife that came to Austin, Texas many years ago with a burden, with a compassion in their heart to reach Austin for Jesus Christ. They've done a tremendous job. Give them a good hand. I think that Stevens deserve a good hand. Amen. Things like this does not happen by accident. Amen. Does not happen by accident. Praise God. Things that draw people to God. Brother Green, pray over the word today. And everybody say amen. You may be seated. There are many factors involved in drawing people to God. There's a lot of things that we know that you could probably look over your own experience and remember why you came to God. Why are you sitting here today and filled with the Holy Ghost? There are a lot of factors, and I can think about a lot in the beginning of this message that a lot of people come to God because of trouble. Some come to God because of sickness or a tragedy in their life that has drawn them to God. The Bible says in the book of Jude, some are saved by compassion. Others are saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire. God would much rather you live for Him because you love Him, not just because you fear Him. Now, I know the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And we need to fear God. And we all fear God. But the main factor in bringing us to God should be that we fall head over heels in love with Him. And I'm here, Jesus, today because I love you with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Fear can come and go. And fear will come and go. But there's something about love that will stay with you in the good times and the bad times. When you're up or when you're down. That's right. Brother, but I think that we must understand that a lot of people never think about God until they're in trouble or until tragedy strikes and then they want to come to God. Was it not Saul of Tarsus that God built him a prayer room when he was on his road to Damascus and it took a Damascus experience of the light shining from heaven and that Paul became 
blind and could not see that he began to pray and call out upon God. It was God that spoke to Ananias and said, Ananias, there's a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus down at the street called Straight. Go down there and, and pray for him. And Ananias said, wait a minute, God. I've already heard about what he's done to the saints at Jerusalem. And he's come to this place to do the same thing. Oh, but you don't understand, Ananias. He's praying now. Saul's praying now. It makes a difference, friend of mine, when you begin to seek after God. Oh, don't let God have to build you a prayer room before you start praying. But there is a better way. I believe that we're in the day of revival. Our, our world is ripe for apostolic revival. This is our day. The, in the last decade and maybe the last 20 years, Pentecostalism has become the fastest growing denomination, especially in South America and Latin America. The world is looking for something. Hey, Austin, this is our day. This is our day for revival. The world is looking for something today. The world is confused. They're mixed up. They're empty. They're searching. They're longing. Religion has failed them. Let me tell you this. Religion is not the answer. We people don't need religion today. They need Holy Ghost salvation. They need something that will deliver them and set them free today. Can you shout amen? Today's churches are in trouble. There's churches that are closing the doors. They're losing membership. That's right. Brother, America's in trouble today. I want to say that again. America is in trouble today. In fact, we had a former president that was in office a few years ago. He made this statement, and it caused me to shudder a little bit when he made it. He said, America is no longer a Christian nation. Do you hear that? America's no longer a Christian. Brother, that, that, that shakes me up a little bit. Where is, where is this country headed? What direction are we going to? We need revival in America today. That's right. And that's why churches are closing their doors. They're losing membership. I was in Bay City, Texas many years ago when I was a young evangelist and the pastor said they're having a United Methodist Church convention here in town and I would like to go out and hear the, the general superintendent of the United Methodist Church said, would you like to go with me? I said, sure, I'll go with you. His name was Dr. Goff. And uh, as I went there and sat and listened to this uh, professor of theology in the United Methodist Church, he spoke these words to those that were present. He said, we are losing membership. We are closing doors more than we're opening doors. And he said, the reason is, is because we have taken emotionalism out of our services. We've We've taken emotionalism. Somebody says, well, I'm not very emotional preacher, so I'm not going, I don't do a lot of shouting and running aisles. Let me say this. The only thing that's not emotional is a corpse. Hello? Amen. We're all emotional creatures. 
But he said, we've taken emotionalism out of our services. And he said, that's the reason we're losing membership. We're losing our younger generation. That's right. You know what he was saying? He's saying, we've taken worship and praise out of our services. We don't praise him like we need to. We don't worship him like we need to. Hey, apostolics, the thing that draws people to an apostolic church is praise and worship and a moving of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We can't get rid of our praise and our worship. We've got to have a moving of the Holy Ghost. Something's got to happen. Hallelujah. Brother, let's don't get away from old-fashioned praise. Let's don't get away from old-fashioned worship. Brother Stephen, some of our churches are too quiet. Some of our churches have got too formal. But that's why I like to come to Dallas First Church. Because I feel the Holy Ghost moving. I feel the presence of God in this place. Hallelujah. Brother, you people, hey, you people's found his address. Somebody say, well, I went to church and I didn't feel anything. Well, if you don't feel anything, it's because you didn't find his address. What's, what is his address? He lives on the corner of Hallelujah Boulevard and Glory Avenue. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> he, he said, I inhabit the praises of my people. That's where I live. I inhabit the praises of my people. <laughs> Thank God. You want to find my address? Start praising me. Start worshiping me. And I'll show up. I'll show up. I'll show up. Brother, God never expected you to come here and be spectators on a pew. God never expected you to sit here like a knot on a deal pickle. Hallelujah. Brother, we're emotional preacher, creatures. We're here to praise and magnify and glorify God. Hallelujah. The alcoholic is searching for something today. The drug addict is searching. There's no peace and rest. People are body piercing. their tattoos all over their body. Why? They're seeking an identity. Amen. I saw a man the other day had his head on backwards. He didn't know whether he was coming or going. Amen. That's the world that we live in in this hour. This church should be a soul-saving station. Join people to God. Hallelujah. Our responsibility is to grow the kingdom. People must feel a drawing power when they enter our churches. The Bible says, No man cometh unto the Father except what? The Spirit. Hey, I'm preaching to you about things that draw people to God. What attracts people to our church services? I'll tell you what attracts people. They're tired of religion. They're tired of dead, dull, born churches. They want to come where there's people that's alive and full of the Holy Ghost. 
Could you give me a little more monitor up here? Just a little bit monitor. That's it. Thank you so much. Brother, but that day, people says, people said, we don't want church anymore. They're tired of religion. They don't, don't talk to people about going to church today because churches become so formal. They become so dead. I, I went to school with a young lady. I, I witnessed to her. She told me, she said, Bobby, my church is nothing but a social club. <laughs> and I started talking to her about our church and how alive it was. We've had people to drive 50 miles one way to our church at New Life. They drive from Denton, Texas. We've got two families been doing it for years. They drive 50 miles one way, 100 miles round trip. You know what they told me? They said a church alive is worth the drive. Hallelujah. That's right, brother. A church alive. Brother, I'm telling you, it's time that Pentecostals understand that we are worshiping people. We're praising people. We're people that love God with all of our heart. Can you shout amen? Hey, let me tell you something. God expects this church to make every service count. I was a young evangelist one time, believe it or not. I was about 19 or 20, probably 20 years old. This before I got married. I went to this church. It was one of our churches. I love this man. He was a, he's, he was a great man, great leader in the in the church in our district, and uh, and he, but he was eighty five years old, still pastoring. He should have retired ten years ago. Amen. He should have retired when I retired. I retired at seventy three. Amen. But but I tell you, he he. Uh, got to watching me and I was trying to resurrect that church. That was the deadest church ever been in in my life. Amen. I knew they was going to be the first one in the rapture because the Bible said the dead in Christ shall rise. They were dead in Christ. That's right. And I was frustrated and he could tell I was frustrated. And and he t- pulled me aside. He said, "Let me give you some advice. Let me give you some advice, young man." I said, "What's that?" He said, "I'm telling you, kind of frustrated." I said, "Yeah, I've been trying to resurrect the dead around here. It's pretty hard." Somebody said, "We won't want too much of that worship and, and running the aisles." And, and you, they used to call us holy rollers, you know. We used to roll on the floor. Amen. We don't want that no more because we may get a little wildfire. Amen. Let me tell you something about that. Amen. I can put a wet blanket on wildfire and, and, and snuff it out, but I can't raise the dead. I'd rather have a little wildfire going on than nothing at all. Hallelujah. Can you shout amen? Brother, but I want to tell you, and, and, and he said this to me. He said, to save you a little frustration, he said, I learned a long time ago that if God moves, it's okay. And if God don't move, it's okay. Yeah. Honey, that didn't set too well with me, but I was respectful. I didn't say nothing. That's right. But I want to tell you something. If God don't move today, we're in trouble. I've never got to the place where I don't want God to move. 
Hallelujah. I want the Holy Ghost to move. I want the power of God to move across this place. Hallelujah. Brother, we need God to move. We need miracles, signs, and wonders. We need my we need God doing something in these services. Can you shout amen? Hallelujah. We need old-fashioned praise. We need old-fashioned worship. We need people running the aisles, talking in tongues, dancing in the... Somebody said, why would you do that? Because I just felt like it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. That's right. Somebody, somebody said, well, I don't feel anything. Well, who said you had to feel anything? You got the Holy Ghost, you ought to feel something. Hallelujah. You know what I've learned? Sometimes you got to will it when you don't feel it. I will praise the Lord. I will run the aisles. I will shout in the spirit. I will. Hallelujah. I will step out by faith. I will dance in the Holy Ghost. Brother, whether I feel it or not, I will worship him because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, yeah. My God, he's the same. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Hey, he saved me. He set me on the right path. I've got a right to praise. I've got a right to worship. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Everybody stick your hand up in front of your mouth and mouth and blow on it. Blow on your hand. Did y'all feel anything when y'all did? Then you got a mandate from God to praise it. You know, us Orthodox Pentecostals, sometimes we know people's lives and we know whether they're living right or not living right, you know. And they come in and they'll shout and maybe run and we'll look at them down our noses and say, well, what are they doing? Praising God like that. They ain't got a right to do that. They've been out drinking last week. I saw them out there doing it. How did you see them? You must have been there too. Hallelujah. But I... We have no right to judge people when they praise and worship God. If they've got breath, they've got a right to praise Him. If they're breathing, they've got a right to praise Him. They've got a right to magnify the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Let everything, let everything, let everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Woo! God, you got a mandate to praise the Lord. Can you shout amen? Shout hallelujah. Punch your neighbor and say, are you breathing? Hallelujah. Brother, every service has got to be alive, exciting, pulsating, moving, thrilling by the divine spirit of God. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. 
David was excited about church. David enjoyed church. Why? Because he was a worshiper. You know, I worry about people that come in late and leave early. Now, I, I know y'all not cowboy fans, but I live in Dallas, so everybody up there's a cowboy fan. I told our church at Dallas, I said, is that the way you do at the cowboy game? We come to church, we want the back seats. You go to the cowboy game, you want on the 50-yard line on the front seat. My God, I done quit preaching and gone to meddling. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, how much more the Lord Jesus Christ has done more for me than that Prescott ever did. The Lord Jesus Christ has done for me more than any Dallas cowboy has ever done. Amen. I'm excited about Jesus. I'm excited about coming to the house of God. I'm excited. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Oh, I'm excited about it. Jesus is in the house. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Psalms 27, verse 4 through 6. This is what David thought about the house of God. When he said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I, that I come, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Oh, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to acquire it as temple. That's how excited, how many loves the house of God. Oh, hallelujah. David said, bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Brother Billy Sunday, he was a preacher of the 18th century. They, they asked Billy Sunday one time, why do you preach like you're fighting bees? Some of you may wonder why I preach like that. Honey, if you felt the feeling that I feel when I feel the feeling that I feel right now. Hallelujah. You, when the Lord gets ready, you gotta move. You gotta move. You gotta move. You gotta move. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what Billy Sunday said? He said, I set my cell phone fire so people will come here and watch me burn. I set myself on fire. Amen. When I was a little boy growing up, we, my dad pastored a country church. It was out in the country, wasn't in the city. Amen. And we did have a volunteer fire department. And every time the old volunteer fire department would come by my house with their sirens and lights on, I'd get on my bicycle as a little boy. I'd try to follow them. Amen. I'd try to follow them because I knew if they ever got to where they were, there was going to be some fire. And where there's fire, there's some action. Hallelujah. Amen. But you know what? I never did follow a hearse down the road. If I followed a hearse down the road, all I found was dead people at the end. Amen. Why do you think people come to Austin First Church? Amen. They didn't come here to see dead people. 
Amen. They come here to see some fire burning. He said, I'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Things that draw people to God is our worship, our praise. That's what draws people to God. It's the atmosphere that we feel. When people walk through these doors, they can feel something. They're tired of dead religion. They want Holy Ghost live church. Brother Wayne Huntley, I remember him. One service he preached. I won't forget the statement he made. He said he built a great church in Raleigh, North Carolina. They were packed. They were wall to wall. It was standing room only. And those people got to running around the church and shouting and jumping and dancing. There was a sophisticated pastor and his wife there. She punched him after they got in the middle of that service and said, if you don't quiet this place down, nobody will want to come. He looked around and said, well, it sure looks like it, don't it? Nobody, nobody wants to come. Yeah, it's packed out, but nobody wants to come. Amen, brother. I'm telling you, First Church, apostolics, let's don't get away from old-fashioned praise and old-fashioned worship. Hallelujah. The world's hungry for what you have. The world's starving for what you have. They want to feel what you feel. Can you shout amen? They want to feel what you feel. They're hungry. They're reaching. Brother, the mark doesn't attract too many people. The only thing that attracts to a mark is dead people. Amen. But we've got to set ourselves on fire. Punch your neighbor and say, set yourself on fire. I'm about ready to come to a conclusion here right now in a few minutes. Things that draw people to God is your old-fashioned praise and your old-fashioned worship and creating the atmosphere that the Holy Ghost can fall in. Amen. They're tired of coming to churches with, with formality, going through the rituals, going through the motions, but they can't feel God. They can't feel God. Amen. But let me, let me, let me show you something in Jeremiah. If they'll get that scripture for me in Jeremiah chapter 20. I know I'm skipping around here, but if I... If I did every scripture I had, we'd be here for three hours. Amen. I want you to notice what Jeremiah said. <laughs> then I said, I will not make mention of him or speak any more in his name. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to just have this quiet religion. This non-emotional religion. I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm not going to speak his name anymore. <laughs> but the word was in my heart. Let me, you can't impart anything that's not in your heart. But if you get enough word in your heart. That word becomes like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. Shut up in my bones. He said, I was weary of holding it back. 
and I could not. I got tired of suppressing it. I got tired of keeping it down. I got tired of being quiet. I got so much of God in me, I can't shut up. I've got to have God moving in my life. Hallelujah. Hey, Austin, get so much full of God that you'll burn. We need Austin to burn. We need the first church to burn so people will know what's happening here. Amen. Hey, Austin, get on fire and let people come out here and watch you burn. You know what that old Israelite did is they give me some music up here so y'all think I'm about through. Amen. You know what that old Israelite did when he came to the temple to worship? He didn't come empty handed. He come with a turtle dove or he come with a pigeon. He He brought something to the house of God to offer the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, what have you brought to his house today to offer him? We don't bring preachings and turtle doves anymore. That's under the Old Testament. But, but Hebrew says, bring a sacrifice of praise. Bring a sacrifice. David said in Psalms, a sacrifice of joy. Amen. I'm going to bring him my praise. I'm going to bring him my worship. I'm going to bring him a sacrifice of praise and joy. I'm not coming to church empty handed. That's right. The little boy was looking at pictures in the foyer, hanging in the foyer of some of the military men that had passed away. He said, Dad, who are these pictures here hanging in the wall of the foyer? He said, Son, those are those that have died in service. He said, Was it the AM or PM service? Too many churches have died. But God doesn't want us to have a graveyard church. A coal brand never left its mark on a cow. You're not going to attract anybody to this church sitting like wooden Indians. Amen. Being a spectator. Praying and singing like you're dead, but just going through the motions. But God is looking for a revival church. A revival church is the only thing that has the moving of the Spirit. No man can come unto the Father except what the Spirit draws him. A revival church has got to have a moving of the Spirit. It has to be a worshiping church. The Spirit is the only thing that draws men to God. And what moves Moves the spirit, spontaneous worship and anointed preaching. Amen. That's what moves the spirit. God delivers from cheerleading pastors and evangelists. God never called your pastor to be a cheerleader. Amen. Do y'all understand? Oh, here they are. Amen. That's right. Come on up here on the platform, singers. I'm, I'm about ready to get through here. Amen. That's right. I remember going into high school when I was a young preacher. Uh, preacher. When I was a young man, I, I didn't preach when I was in high school. Preached right after high school. Amen. But they would have every Friday night what they call pep rallies. Has anybody ever heard of those pep rallies? These little short tail skirted girls would come out there. <laughs> C I C T 
O-R-Y. Victory, victory is our cry. Victory, victory is our cry. And you know what? First thing you know, everybody was V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. And brother, they were all getting in with it. And they were all getting in the spirit of the, of, of, of the ball game coming up. Amen. They were called pep rallies. They pepped the people up. Amen. God deliver us from pastors that have to pep people to worship and pep people to praise God. Hey, hey, Austin First Church, don't let this man have to pep you up. I've come with a praise. I've come with a worship. I've come to magnify God. Can you shout amen? Oh, we create the atmosphere which the Holy Ghost can fall. Amen. Let me come to a conclusion here. I've got about four more pages of notes, but I've got to stop. Amen. I want to tell you, this church has created an atmosphere for a miracle to take place today. Jesus is walking these aisles. He's been between these pews. The healer is here today. The miracle worker is here today. Amen. Don't leave this service the same way you came in here. Make up your mind. I'm not leaving the same way I come in here. I need one more scripture if you'll get it to me, Mr. Overhead. Ezekiel 46 and 9. A very familiar scripture. Ezekiel 46 and 9. Amen. I tell you, I may not know your problem today, but I know what your answer is. When you've tried everything, everything else has failed you. Try Jesus. Try the apostolic Pentecostal Holy Ghost experience. Amen. Don't leave the same way that you come in. They don't have it up there, but let me paraphrase it. Ezekiel says, if you come in... He that cometh in by the north gate to worship shall go out by the south gate. He that cometh in by the south gate shall go out by the north. He shall not return the way he came in here. The secret of that, he that cometh in to worship. Did anybody come to worship today? Amen. You don't have to walk out of this building the same way you come in. Everything's ready for somebody to receive a miracle here right now. Amen. I want everybody in this building, if you need a miracle in your life, I want you to make your way up to the front today. If you need healing in your body, if you're sick in your body, I want you to come right now. I want you to come right now. If you're sick in your body, amen. If you need the Holy Ghost, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need it. Come on up here. The Lord can fill you with the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. Whatever you need, I want you to step out right where you are. Amen. That's right. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. I've come up here to receive my miracle today, Pastor. I've come up here to receive my miracle. I'm going to receive what God wants for me. Hallelujah. The rest of you, Pentecost, the rest of you Pentecostals, come on up here behind them. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for these right now. God's going to give you your miracle today. Hallelujah. Let's believe God right now. Pastor Green, help me. Some of you other ministers can help us. Help us. In the name of Jesus Jesus Christ, receive your miracle right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, receive your miracle right now. Let the healing virtue flow through this body right now. Yes, 
receive your miracle right now. Whatever you need, in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe, I believe, Jesus. 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 I believe,